Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In the age of online retail, buying a car should be no different. That's why Carvana invented a brand new way to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made a purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door. Or you can pick it up from one of their coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy ensuring you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check out the nation's fastest-growing auto retailer at Carvana.com. There's an underdog story happening today in America. Small businesses are fighting to make a comeback, but in the moment they have the least, they're giving the most. They're rallying communities and neighborhoods, yet asking for little in return. Well, it's time we gave back. Small Unites is making it simple for everyone to take action and support the small businesses that unite us all. Find out how you can donate, shop, and share today at smallunites.org. Hey everyone, Mark from Collider Movie Talk here. You see my pearly whites online every day, and the truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong. We're not doing it for long enough, and we forget to change our brush on time. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So what makes Quip so different? Well, for starters, Quip, it's an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes, while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help you clean your teeth. They have a built-in timer, and it helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes, and it has guiding pulses that will remind you when to switch sides. They have a great subscription plan. It's for your health, not just convenience. They'll send you new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule, which is every three months, for just $5, and that includes free shipping worldwide. Check out Quip right now. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash collider, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's getquip.com slash collider. Go there right now. They're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists. Plus, they have hundreds of thousands of happy brushers using Quip every day. Join us. Go to getquip.com slash collider. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash collider. Stay little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Welcome to Shweddies to episode 262 of Heroes. We're going to talk about Aquaman. He's, going, he's under the sea. Then we're talking about Kate Shorland as uh, directing the Black Widow. And then Joaquin Phoenix has a lot to say about the standalone Joker movie that's coming. And I'm going to whisper in honor of John Schnapp, who's not here right now because I love him so much. My God, where is he? Where is he? We're going to bring him back so powerfully. Here we go again. All right, welcome, everybody, to uh, episode 262 of Heroes. Do not adjust your set. You have a John in front of you. It's John Schnapp. Uh, Sean Roker, rather. John Schnapp is, uh, of course, we do know everyone. Uh, we should announce right at the top. John, at this point, from the details that we have, we will tell you he is in the ICU. He's in critical condition. Um, his, we talked to his family, and we wondered if he wanted us to keep doing the show, and they said yes, John would 
would want us to keep doing the show. So we have his blessing, his family's blessing, and Holly's blessing as well, because this is an important week with Comic-Con. A lot of stuff is happening, and uh, we want to make sure we honor that with John. Now, a lot of you have been asking for details. We would ask you to please appreciate and respect the family's privacy at this time. However, a lot of you want to help in some way. And look, it's been amazing, the tweets and the comments and all, everything that's come across on social media, the support for John. It's been phenomenal. And we want to thank you all from the Collider Heroes family and from Collider itself for doing that. But if you want to help, there's a way you can help and you can contribute now to John's medical bills. You can see there Venmo, PayPal, GoFundMe, all those addresses are there. If you want to contribute in some way, feel free to do that there. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have those links in the description for this episode as well, just in case you can't get them down in time. All right. Uh, let's go forward with this. Uh, but, John, we send you mad love for a speedy recovery, and we're with you, and we support you. And I think I speak with all the audience that's watching now. We got you, man. We got you. So uh, let's move on here. Let's introduce our panelists uh, coming from the wee land of Ireland here is Claire Lim has shown Hi, up. Hi, it's Scotland. Scotland, sorry, Scotland, Scotland. Yeah. It's fine. So, We're kind of basically the same, and we both like we both like potatoes, so it's all So good. there it is. So there it is. Third no, generation no, no. Irish. So we, yeah, yeah, we that's, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, you saw yeah. the Irish man. Yeah, I saw the Irish Scot- man with the Scottish lady to <laughs> my right. That's right. Coy looks way more Scottish than or Irish than I do. Yeah, so we're together. Yeah, so yeah. together we, we make that a whole Celtic person. Right, right. There's a lot of Guinness love right there. There is, there is, yes. And I'm a big fan of stout, so it totally works. <laughs> uh, so let's jump into the first thing and uh, let's talk about the fact that uh, Black Widow uh, now has a director. Kate Shortland has come on to direct uh, the film. She's been named there. Uh, this is a, a director that I know from uh, Boomerang, from Lore. Really great, interesting character studies that she does in her films, taking over now a big production here with Black Widow. Uh, Coy, what was your first reaction when you heard this? My first thought was exactly that word you said, character. Yeah. Uh, she, she's someone that focuses on the small, so the idea that she's doing something big means there'll actually be a character in this movie. Right. Like, we actually get a Black Widow movie that isn't blah, 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 comma, Black Widow. Like, this is a Black <laughs> Widow movie, and the character in the comics is so interesting when written correctly. Obviously, Black Widow has ups and downs. But, like, when you write Black Widow right, this character is nuanced and has a history and has pathos, and you don't know which side she's on. Mm-hmm. And you want a director that can handle that level of nuance, and you want someone that really is invested in the material. Yeah. So I love this choice. I love that Marvel's finally making this movie and I love that they weren't shy about the fact they brought in 70 plus directors right. I like that they were like hey we're looking at everyone we're going to narrow it down she obviously had an amazing pitch mm-hmm. she, she got to the point where 70 went down to 1 so everything about their process I love I love how important this movie is to Marvel yeah. and I'm really excited for this choice yeah and uh, Kate uh, it was Johansson's choice she yeah. was involved in this process that's a positive Claire when you hear this are you excited for Kate's uh, selection yeah absolutely I've not seen Laura but I've seen Berlin Syndrome oh right um, which Kate did and um, I love the fact that Johansson has been championing her as well mm-hmm. she really wanted her and there's so much lore with the Black Widow character mm-hmm. you know you could uh, you know touch upon the fact that she was you know she had the super seer, um, superhero serum mm-hmm. inside her she's just as old as Captain America you know there's so many things you can talk about you know, what did the ballerina thing mean what was her training all about right. you know we've seen bits and pieces throughout the MCU history so far and I'm excited to see how the next phase goes and really explore this character because she's been in something like seven films already so it feels like it's a long time coming so I'm really happy for this very very happy but excited well it's also interesting because she did it with no representation she got this job with no reps. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and that tells you that people have been noticing her work uh, over the years. And so when she got in the room and the pitch, it must have been incredible. Because she beat out over 70 directors for this thing. So that's incredible. And I love that how invested Johansson seems. Yeah. I love that we've had this character, like you said, in all these movies. And we've, Joss Whedon kind of alluded to the Red Room. And yeah. we've had like a bit of backstory. But yes. I'm excited to see it all put together cohesively under one vision. And mm-hmm. like, like you said, the pitch must have been amazing to go through all of that mm-hmm. and to tie this all together. And this is a character since Iron Man too like it's been a long time coming so the bar's really high so Mm -hmm. i'm really excited to see what this becomes yeah i feel feel like johansson's been sort of playing versions of this character i mean johansson's perfect for the black widow role because you think about under the skin 
creepy, scary alien yeah. woman. Right. Like, no emotions, but there's something else there at the end. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. Uh, but you are watching Heroes. And yeah. um, then you've got other films like Lucy and things like that. Oh, so yeah. I feel like, you know, of course, Johansson, clearly she's attracted to these sort of roles, these sort of deep, sort of strange female kind of like anti-hero sort yeah. of roles. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to it. I want to see maybe if they explore a little bit the fact that she was, a, you know, a, a, a villain at one point. Right. Right, which would be quite good as well, and how maybe Hawkeye might have tied in. What happened in Budapest? Yeah, yes. will we find out? Everyone wants to know what happened in Budapest. <laughs> what happened in Budapest? <laughs> Hashtag Budapest. <laughs> uh, so yes, bring it on. I okay. Think. Great. Well, that's something else that we want to bring on. That's Joaquin Phoenix in the Joker standalone movie. At least I do. At least I do. He uh, got interviewed by uh, our own uh, Steve Frosty Weintraub, and there was a lot, these massive quotes. It's the most Joaquin has talked about this <laughs> film at all, uh, aside from saying, oh, yeah, it seems like a cool character. No, I haven't been approached at all. Uh, keep negotiating. Keep negotiating. So, yeah, he said all this stuff. He said about this. He said it feels unique, this film. It, it, it's its own world in some ways. It may mostly it scares the bleeping shit out of me or something. It might as well be the thing that scares you the most. That's his excitement about being there. He said, at some point, you have to just own it and say, like, I can't consider who they might have thought of before or what the movie was for six months ago. It is what it is now, and I have to find my way into it. Uh, and he talked about how he doesn't take meetings, and he just, they kind of, like, <laughs> work this thing around. But I think what was really stood out for me is that, is that I think, he said, I think underneath the excitement of these films and the size of them, there are these incredible characters that are dealing with real-life struggles. And sometimes that is uncovered and exposed, and sometimes it isn't. And so I always felt like there were characters and comics that were really interesting and deserve the opportunity to be kind of studied. And so I think that's what Todd sees appealing about this idea. And I imagine Joaquin does as well. Claire, when you hear these quotes or read these quotes, what is your excitement level for this? Are you up or down? I'm quite excited, I have to say, because okay. I kind of, I really like Joaquin Phoenix. I didn't like his rapper phase. Whatever he was doing at that point, like whatever he was doing. But I really, I mean, he's a really intense mm -hmm. actor, but he's shown that he can do, um, you know, things like her. Yeah. And then he can also do things like Gladiator. And, so, and he doesn't choose his projects uh, lightly. He, he chooses them carefully. And he said he was very impressed by Todd Phillips. Mm -hmm. So I think that he's looked at it. He's gone, yep, this is, this is the project for me. It's going to be essentially an origin story, mm -hmm. I think. So um, I'm quite happy that it's going to be standalone. Um, and I can just watch this movie and not go, oh, God, but all of this other stuff in the DCU. Right. And I can just watch and go, yeah, like I want to see a really great, Joker origin story. Right. That is what I want to see with top director and a really great actor. I love Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, Corey, what do you think? I believe that this is a great chance for DC to show that they can do Elseworlds. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is kind of like Venom. Uh, yeah. This is kind of like Venom is Sony's bar to see if the next 10 movies get made. Mm -hmm. I feel like this Joker movie is the bar to see if all these Elseworlds get made. Right. And I think if you're going to do that, you get Joaquin Phoenix. Like, mm -hmm. you get a, a, a Titan thespian. Uh, the man, everything from, like, the comedy and signs to the comedy in that new movie, Sisters, uh, the Brothers Sisters, right. Sisters Brothers. Uh, and then, like, her, the nuanced performances. The man can do it all. And then the, the rapper phase, like you talked about, <laughs> he's someone that's actually unhinged seeming. Mm -hmm. So, like, he ate Letterman gum under the desk. Like, the guy is so invested in these roles that I'd love to see what his Joker is because he's the first actor that when you say his name you have so much esoteric strangeness attached to it mm -hmm. that you don't think about necessarily just his performances or just his personal life. You think Joaquin Phoenix and there's yeah. just crazy tied to that name. So I'm really excited to see that level of actor, that level of intense play, the Joker. Well, I, I like yeah. I like the fact uh, that I just have to mention this because that made me laugh there. I want that on a t-shirt. Joaquin Phoenix, someone who actually seems unhinged. <laughs> Coy, 2018. Yes. With a weird face. With a that, that's what I want on the poster. <laughs> hey, Marks and guys, quote this guy right there. That's Put it all together. I will watch that. That's movie. the whole branding for the movie. Is just Joaquin Phoenix, like, mm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of unhinged. That's the guy I am. Come watch me in makeup. Yeah. It's great. It's gonna be yeah. awesome. It's gonna and be if they great. do a tiny budget, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Like I can see the Killing Joke Joker. Yeah. I can see, yes. like, if they're doing a Mean Streets De Niro mm -hmm. stand-up comedian, like. This movie can have a $10 budget because you right. throw white makeup on Joaquin Phoenix and I'm there. Well, I mean, I'm really excited about it. They're that. saying it's a $55 million budget. That's good. That keeps it, that keeps it.
keeps it central, keeps it small, keeps it in a city. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's that's why to me I can't stop saying this. It feels to me like Azarello's Joker. This is the, the avenue yeah. they're they're exploring. Yeah. This one night with the Joker. We all know the Joker. Do we need an origin story? Michael Myers doesn't have screw Rob Zombie. Michael Myers does not have <laughs> an origin story. You don't need to know that Mama didn't hold him long enough. That you don't care about. The that. less you Which know, the scarier exactly. it is. Exactly. When you do it right, the less you know. It's great, and that's why I think with Joker, you don't need to go backwards. This was great about Joaquin. I mean, uh, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. There's three different origin stories. He kept that lying story. He kept about lying. his history, and who knows beautiful. if he was lying? Maybe he was telling the truth about one of them. Yeah. But which one was it? And so uh, with Joaquin, I think you can do that. You can have this mystery and the unhinged stuff, and not know what's happening, and that works. And this is very correlative to a Star Wars story. Like, can they do these out of the DCEU yeah. type films and be successful at them, and let the directors do their visions? This is going to be really important to see how this plays out. I didn't out. know the 55 million. That's perfect. I yeah. think that mid-range film, which is a hard thing to get made nowadays anyway. Yeah. But that's kind of like Logan. Logan was a smaller budget so they could make the movie mm-hmm. they wanted. To me, this is going to be the movie they want to make because the studio doesn't have as much to lose. Mm-hmm. And if it does well, then the studio suddenly like, oh, wait, here's 30 of those instead of these $250 million. Like, it's right. perfect. I'm excited. Right. And there's a lot to play with in the Elseworlds. Yeah. A lot to Absolutely. play with. Yes. I mean, Absolutely. I'm looking for steampunk Batman. I just said it. <laughs> All right. So, here we go. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so let's move on to some pictures from Glass. They were released here. M. Night Shyamalan's third installment in this uh, franchise. Um, incredible images here. I'm a little shocked by it. So I'm going to start off here. You see the, the kind of pinkish room that they're in, which makes their colors of their distinct, the cream, the purple, and the green really stand out in contrast. You have Sarah Paulson. You're kind of looking in on them. It looks like then you see Sam Jackson in the wheelchair with an awesome purple suit. I mean, that's an awesome purple suit, son. If you can get that kind of... And then you get uh, this... Uh, you get uh, Anna, Ta- Anya Taylor-Joy kind of touching the beast. What is that about? So there's so much here that excited me, but also made me a little trepidatious because I don't understand why... Two men who've killed people are in the same room with David who saves people, and why are they being treated equally? Even I get this, we're all hero complex, but if there's actual evidence that the Beast has killed and raped these women, and Samuel Jackson's uh, Mr. Glass has actually set these uh, tragedies to happen of plane crashes, why is David in the same room with them? But I digress. Let us, um, Claire, what do you think about these images? Did you like them? I, I did like them, actually. I, I really did. Um, I am a bit funny with M. Night Shyamalan. Mm. I think he's a bit hit or miss. Sure. Um, he's, a lot hit or miss. Yeah, a yeah, lot hit or miss. Yeah. And you're always like, oh, the twist is coming. Here we go. And it's like, oh. But. I love that she goes to an American accent. But right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. The twist oh, is coming. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> um, but I really loved Unbreakable. I love Split um, as well. I thought it was really, really great. I love the color palette and everything like that. I'm interested that a lot of. Um, so, David Dunn, the Bruce Willis character. Yeah. His son's coming back. Yes. Um, and his son um, idolized him by mm-hmm. the end of the film. Mm-hmm. So, But his son will be in his 30s now. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, that time has passed and how time has changed. And, yeah, why are they all sitting together? One guy's a rapist and a yeah. murderer. But we've got the Sarah Paulson character who is a psychiatrist. She treats people who think that they're superheroes. Right. So... I'm not really sure what's going on, but they have been very mysterious about it. But I am very excited. This is, you know, I love superhero movies, DC, Marvel, whatever. Mm-hmm. I love them, but I want to see something different as well. Yeah, and you talk about Spencer Treat Clark is the uh, actor who plays yeah. David's son. He's coming back, but also Elijah's mom. Uh, Mrs. Glass, probably Charlene Woodward. She's coming back as well. So those those interactions in Unbreakable were were powerful as well in their small connection. Mm-hmm. But you could tell how much she loved him and understood how broken he was. Has she been helping him the whole time? We're gonna like. There's so much to explore here. What did you think? The first time I saw those images, it made me think of two things. One, Legion. Yeah, uh, which is oh, a great, great thing to think of. Like yes, I saw is. that and I was like, oh, Legion, they're really mm-hmm. leaning in and now we can too. It made me realize when I think of Unbreakable, I think of the scene of him lifting and he's got like, there's like adding more weights to the yeah. bench and how much when I was a kid, I was like, they made a superhero movie <laughs> and it was before this wave of superhero movies. It yeah. was that like, oh, they took a superhero movie seriously. Look at them investing and making a real character super heroic. Yeah. And then that leaping forward 15 years with the color palette of comics it got me so excited because you get the realism of that bench moment but with the color palette of comics and this could be incredible oh because God. we've earned this as a society yep. we as a culture of comics goes you can go crazy colors but also you can keep it grounded and real so those images just show me the growth we have as a, as a comic culture and the original glory of that moment of like realizing super like heroism so I couldn't be more excited for this movie after those images yeah. the, the synopsis they did really or the, the clues 
that they have released yeah. even like ties in with this it's, re- it's really steeped in a superhero lore where you've got um, the David Dunn character who's pursuing um, Crumb who's in Split yeah. and but Elijah uh, Mr. Glass is the orchestrator they say yeah. mm-hmm. so the all evil presence you know, I just, it's just classic superhero lore I'm yeah. really excited and you're right and he's pulling the strings but which side is he on because if David dies his reason for living now which was the whole point of Unbreakable <laughs> him yeah. finding Unbreakable now disappears right Batman needs the Joker the Joker needs Batman right in Dark Knight Returns when does the Joker come back alive when Batman returns the smile creeps back across his lips it's that same kind of thing you need your nemesis to keep you alive you know so it's it'll be interesting how this goal plays for because I think Elijah is going to be the X factor here. Which way is he going to play? Is he going to play them both against each other? And which side is he going to side on when stuff goes down? And so. doing that in an original property, like in, yeah. in, a, in a creator-created property like this, yes. I'm really excited for the future of this genre. Yeah. Because if this does well, it shows, like you're saying, the Joker needs Batman and vice versa. Right. If you can do that without the Joker and Batman, I hope more creatives, more directors, more writers, and more importantly, more studios yeah. take risks on comic-like properties. I hope we can move forward with more things like what Kick-Ass did the first time Mm -hmm. and what this could do i think there's a a bright future if this does well right and i think that's why the joker movie doesn't need batman a lot of people are saying well batman's not mentioned in synopsis he didn't talk about batman we don't need batman the joker can be on his own he is an incredible character an interesting character on his own. I love your Azarello because that's exactly, there's, there's barely a Batman in there. Exactly. You don't need it. You can mention it, but you don't even need to see him. And it works that way. And that's the strength of a really good character uh, that's been developed. Now, speaking of another good character, Venom. So we have images of Venom, Tom Hardy's Venom. They came out. There's a new poster. There was so much here that dropped. Uh, director Ruben Fleischer talked about it. He said, usually a human gets imbued with powers or an alien comes from outer space and has to figure out how to live on our Earth. But this is really about a relationship between two people who have to work together to create this hybrid symbiotic relationship. Uh, and then Tom Hardy weighed in. With something that really concerned me, because he said <laughs> about creating two different characters uh, and the voices, he said, it's a bit like Ren and Stimpy, you know? <laughs> and he said, they have different sounds. I always saw Venom as sounding like a James Brown lounge lizard, and Eddie Brock is kind of, and he switches to an aw shucks American accent. I don't know, an everyday kind of guy, but he's inherited this massive ego, this beast. Now, Tom is known for the monosyllabic and also the weird sounding things that he does. So <laughs> this leaves me with a little bit of trepidation. Claire, what do you think when you hear this? I'm so glad that you picked up on the Ren Stimpy thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, mean, I read this not? and I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, which voice are we going to get now? Do you right. know what I mean? So, but yeah, like I kind of get what he's saying. I'm, I mean, I, I saw the photos, and I think the photos look okay. Yeah. Um, again, I quite like, there's been talk about, oh, can it get weaved into the MCU? No, I don't think so, and it's not going to. Like, I think we need to think of this like the Joker movie. It is what it is, and it's like a little cloud in the sky on mm-hmm. its own. Um, and I'm quite looking forward to seeing it, you know, but I don't know. The, the pictures aren't exciting me so much. Tom Hardy is a brilliant um, character actor, but this his quotes put me off a little bit. Yeah. I would like to see a movie that sort of explored something like... Um, Venom, Lethal Protector, mm-hmm. where he becomes like an oh, anti-hero, yeah. um, and it's it's more kind of then you can kind of do a like standalone thing. It doesn't need to be in a universe. Right. It's just mm-hmm. like I'm an anti-hero. I'm doing my stuff. So I'm excited. I mean, I always kind of when I'm a bit sort of trepidatious, I go, "Well, I'm not sure, but I will see it. Of course, I'm mm-hmm. going to see it. It's, it's going to be fine." But not too sure. What about you? I uh, my rose-colored glasses for this movie are so thick and strong. I might as well be that <laughs> right. Like I, I'm daredevil with this movie. Those rose-colored glasses are thick and real. Uh, I heard these quotes and I was like, yeah. And then I saw these pictures and I was like, boo yeah. Like I was the opposite. Uh, I've, I've been really excited for this Venom movie, and maybe I've been so excited that I'm blind uh, because I've been the guy. Like the teaser came out and I was like, cinema. Um, so my thing with this is the voices is exactly. How how I feel about Venom, it's to me, Venom is a bad domestic partnership. To me, Venom is an abusive relationship. It's a man and the, to me, Venom is demon in the bottle. To me, God. it's a man dealing with his own demons, and in this case, it's a demon in the right. form of a symbiote. It's, it's the concept of addiction. It's the concept of power. It's the concept of needing an other. It's the concept of a bad, bad relationship. So mm-hmm. I've always loved the concept that Eddie Brock was a power lifter, a bad journalist, a guy in the bad, bad side of the tracks that mm-hmm. found this thing, and it made him special, 
and he was attached to the special and it made him even stronger. Right. And then Spider-Man was the thing they both shared a hatred for. Mm-hmm. So the symbiote hated Spider-Man for his own reasons. Eddie was betrayed by mm-hmm. Spider-Man. So they formed a thing over hatred. So to me, that's all relationship. Right. And to me, all these quotes are about a relationship. Mm-hmm. So this shows me that if it is completely separate, that they're invested in the relationship between the symbiote and Eddie. So all of these quotes, I was like, that's, that's Venom. Oh, they made a Venom movie. Uh, I am worried about the idea that it can't tell an origin because Spider-Man's the origin. I'm worried about the white spider existing, as I've heard it does, because the white spider is Spider-Man's. Yeah. But I like the Ren and Stippy. I like the uh, the James Brown lounge lizard. Like, I hear that voice. Sure. It's so specific. I'm... And his aw shucks voice does worry me, but at yeah. least he mentioned it. Because every watch the trailer, they're like, why is Tom Hardy 12? Yeah. Like, <laughs> when he has that, like, higher. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, if the movie focuses on a relationship and it being abusive, yeah. then at least they have a good foundation of Venom mm-hmm. working. And then later on, maybe we can evolve to Spider-Man because I'll, I'll be optimistic until they stop making them. Well, look, <laughs> I want it to work. I mean, yeah. the, 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 the thoughts here are like we're just giving our initial reactions to it. And I respect the fact that you are so gung-ho about it because you need that balance, you know. And so I'll be there Friday at Comic-Con just like, please don't fail me. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so will I. And I'm, I'm going to be excited to hope to love the trailer at Comic-Con as well. It's supposed to debut there this week. And we'll see if it at what kind of footage they bring beyond the trailer, right? They always do that. Well, do you guys want to see more? And then they turn the lights <laughs> off and then you see more. And so it's great. So I would like that. But the Spider-Man thing, they're going to have to explain. Mm-hmm. Why is he in a spider? If Spider-Man's not in this movie, there were rumors about Tom Holland on set. I think we're going to get carnage. If you watch the trailer, there's a woman that gets pushed out of a situation and there's red lights all around. Carnage is red. That's the color. So to me, I think that's they're going to do the antihero route with him. So this exploration is very interesting. You bring up Koi because, right, how many of us now in the advent of this post uh, mental health situation, like, you know, reading these books that you are a special person, you can do this, you can do that. How much of that is your inner voice beating up your other voice? And then you're kind of slamming in all day about this kind of stuff. And so you see this now really brought out to the surface with their battle that will probably go on throughout the entire movie. What can he control? What he cannot control? I mean, um, Upgrade was a version of that as well, Beautiful. where he had that thing, the stem inside, and was telling him, like when he was beating someone up and he was crying while he was doing it because he couldn't stop his body from doing it, that tells you something there that it can be explored within, you know? So If they can make Upgrade with the symbiote, which Upgrade felt <laughs> a lot like, yeah. then I'm all about this movie. Right on. Alright, let's move on to Aquaman, something that, something that people are kind of trepidating excited about it as well. Uh, a new poster dropped today, uh, but uh, uh, and then let's take a look, look at that. It's uh, you know Aquaman is there with the trident, looking badass, sitting. In front. I said this on Movie Talk. Everyone has that one friend who goes to the front of the group picture and leans down and try, <laughs> tries to make it about. Them. That's what it seems like to me. He's going to lead the Justice League there. But you see what's interesting in the background. You see the killer whales. You see the mantas. You see uh, or the stingrays there, and you see the great whites. But you also see Atlantis. I think in the background there and I like that he's standing on these rocks it's a very powerful shot and look at that smirk look at that smirk that's a smirk of a man who knows what's up and uh, you know they talked about they're going to use the new 52 as the basis for this Aquaman so we're going to get the half human half Atlantean kind of mix going on so there's a lot to play here and he talks about Jason Momoa does when you read some of the Collider.com coverage we have if you want to go there to Collider.com Frosty did a set visit we dropped them all this morning go and read all that stuff he talks about how it's an exploration of how he becomes King. So this will be uh, fascinating to explore as well. And then we also got some uh, EW, Im- EW dropped some images of the Fisherman King. The Jaman Hansu is there with the Trident. He's got all his people. Fisherman Queen is there. That's Natalia Saffron and the Princess Sophia Forrest. They are an evolved species. So we're getting multiple species now being involved. This film starts to feel bigger and bigger as the ocean would be logically. <laughs> you know? So to me, this all of this excites me. I'm like coy about Venom with this movie. I'm super excited. <laughs> What is your thoughts, Court? I am really excited for Aqua Dothraki. Uh, I really think that it's... Just as long as it doesn't die. <laughs> I really think that we get Jason Momoa fully embodying this version of Aquaman. A lot of people don't yeah. know if they like this version of Aquaman, but I think that this is our definitive Aquaman now, especially with this image. That yeah. image is such a commanding power. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, it's a confident pose. And I really like... I think it's a great opportunity to fix the perspective of, like... Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not right 
riding a seahorse here. And yeah. I really think that there is a place for that Aquaman. That's not the route they took. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem with there being different variations on your opinion of the character. And I think just like any character, that's why these characters are amazing is because there's so many versions that you yourself put on them. There's so many perspectives. So this looks like our Aquaman. Yeah. And that poster is everything. And I'm so glad they're not trying to make it half Super Friends, half Jason Momoa, because right. it wouldn't feel honest. It wouldn't feel real. Right. If he was suddenly like... Oh, shucks. You'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so the power pose, the sharks, the command, the James Wan directing it. Aquaman is a, a beautiful opportunity for DC. I cannot wait to see footage. And every bit of the marketing campaign has only escalated my hype. There's not been yeah. a single thing where I was like, oh, yeah. so this is great for me. I agree with that. I think the images we've seen, and, and you know, there's people clamoring for a trailer. Why haven't we gotten a trailer? And James wants it. I need more time to really get this right. You know, and last year at Comic-Con, I remember I was in the room lucky enough to see a minute and a half that they dropped, which was incredible. And so to see that they took their time and they understand how important this film can be to launch, in essence, the DCEU again and kind of connect it uh, back. Even though they say it's a standalone film, it's still, you want another good DCU film after Justice League because, you know, we know Wonder Woman 84 is coming out. Yeah. We have a lot of confidence in that, but we need to see something besides Patty Jenkins do well. What is your thoughts when you see all this stuff, Claire? I There were definite problems with the, the Justice League oh, yeah. uh, movie. Uh, but, I, you know, when Aquaman was there, I didn't think he was used in the way I wanted him to be used. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing this now. I think that poster looks blooming great. Mm-hmm. He looks really... I don't know if you use the word here, gallus. Like, What's that mean? Gallus. Like in Scotland, you use gallus. He's like... Yeah. yeah, all right, yeah. He's badass, so basically. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'm just kind of like sitting here with my shark friends, just about to sort shit out. And I really, really, and that's what I think of. And we've got elements of that in Justice League. And I saw that James Wan also tweeted out an image of him cutting the uh, trailer together. Yeah. And it was an epic image. Like, and it just looks like it's going to be big, big, big. And, um, you know, Unite the Seven Kingdoms, we all thought that was, oh, mm-hmm. is, is, it, is it Justice League or Unite the Seven? Sorry, it's the, it's the Seven Kingdoms of Atlantis. So, yeah, we're going to see this world now. I'm not sure about the picture with the fisherman oh, yeah. king and stuff. The German Hansu, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love him. I think he's a great actor. Yeah. Um, he's absolutely incredible. And he's going to be in Shazam Yes, he as is, well, which we'll get wizard. to. Yes, which we're getting to. Yeah. Mini segue, almost. but he's also in Guardians. So this man is living in just the superhero world. Superhero. Yeah, he is like a, a free agent. Yeah, Hunter is like, <laughs> he's like, just like whatever yeah, you want to do. do. If I was an actor, I'd just be like, yeah, I'll do that. Like yeah. I'll do that. I'll just be like a kind of like I'll, I'll stand against the wall, be the wall. I don't care. <laughs> um, so I am very, very, very excited by this because I think these kind of standalone movies, like Wonder Woman and things, I think that's where the fans can get their excitement. Yes, at, you know, yes. because there's been a lot of moaning online about things. So mm-hmm. yes to this. Yes to the poster. Yes. To the possible trailer dropping at Comic Con. I'm very excited. All right, so she, see you, Heroes fans. She loves DC. Yes. She does. When she when it warrants love, she gives it love. So yeah. give, give her some love for this. Uh, <laughs> speaking of something, uh, well, I love. Transformers. We're moving on. I snuck this in. Uh, I'm snuck this in. I know John will kill me. But the two Decepticons uh, were released. These images. EW dumped a lot of stuff in the head ahead of Comic Con here coming out, and excited me to see these two Decepticons. They're going to be two of the three main villains uh, that Bumblebee is going to confront in the movie. I love this idea that they're being voiced by Angela Bassett. Mm. Like a lot of respect for Angela Bassett and Justin Theroux. Really, a lot of stuff with Justin Theroux, great writer and actor as well. If you haven't seen the left. Give yourself an opportunity to watch that show on HBO. But I love the idea that they are, um, one is called Shatter, the other one is called Dropkick. And this isn't, remember, this is 80s kind of vibe, and they are taken on the form of a cherry red Plymouth satellite, which consequently was Koi's first high school car, and then then the form of a blue AMC javelin. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm old enough to know what a blue javelin <laughs> looks like, and we'll drive around the streets. Uh, so this is this excites me all around. And Travis Knight said, when the cast is too big and you have a finite amount of time, there's only so much you can do to create an investment in them. This is a more personal, intimate, and character-driven story. These are important words that he's dropping here. So it felt right to keep the villain plot relatively simple and contained. If you keep things lean, you can add a lot of other stuff on top of it that makes it more enjoyable. So, Claire, you see this... Well, you see here, and you read these quotes. Are you, the, the quotes excited me okay. because I kind of gave up with Transformers after the second one because I was like, another explosion. <laughs> um, and it just got a bit too sort of shiny and explosion-y. Um, but you know what? I'm a really big Transformers fan because I'm an 80s kid. Yeah. Um, so, and I almost wore my Decepticons T-shirt, but I'm showing some It's Always Sunny Love <laughs> instead today. I just thought I'd be neutral. Um, but I like the fact this is set in the 80s. I want to hear an amazing Transformers 80s. Soundtrack. Oh, yes. 
Yes. Yes. That's great. That is what it's all about. Because yeah. those soundtracks from those 80s cartoons used to get me so excited. And again, I like the fact that it's an intimate character-driven story like you read. Um, we were talking about that with the Joker. Mm-hmm. That's when you can really make a great film. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to have these big characters and these big villains and Bumblebee. But, yeah, I want to see some 80s and I want to see a great story. Yeah. If we can bring those together, then I'm super excited. I think it's really important to, to mention the contained uh, aspect like mm-hmm. Wonder Woman was really a Wonder Woman movie. Uh, Winter yeah. Soldier, when they brought it down at the end of the day, it was about just DC. Like these things, when you bring them to this, all of this works out here without us working on mm-hmm. it. This, this is where we need to invest. That's why I'm excited about Black Widow because it's it's a director that focuses here. Right. So Bumblebee to me looks like Iron Giant. To me, Bumblebee mm-hmm. looks like this amazing focus, and that trailer was so good. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't even heard the 80s music I'm sure yeah. we'll get. We haven't even seen the 80s flavor we're all, like, pining for right now, this mm-hmm. fun, like, nostalgia porn time. So I'm really enjoying the fact that they're investing on characters. All the quotes they're saying are about, like, small, 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 because it's Transformers. I'm not worried about there not being special effects. I'm not worried about right. there not being explosions. I want to care about who's exploding. So this, every bit of this seems to show that, and Bumblebee is the, the takeaway from those movies. Like, everyone loves Bumblebee people will see this right. movie and Haley Steinfeld she can like she was what like 14 in True Grit yeah. and like uh, keeping up with Jeff Bridges she mm-hmm. can act against a tennis ball playing a Transformer and be great yeah. so I can't wait to see this movie because the heart is the character the human and our eyeline is Haley Steinfeld so I'm, I'm so in I want to go yeah. back to sorry Coy you are just hitting about the part today nostalgia yeah. porn yeah. nostalgia porn I'm, never, I I'm totally used that's another t-shirt yeah. since Stranger Things me. I've been calling it nostalgia yes, porn nostalgia and that's porn oh, yeah. like hire Coy for all your marketing all your t-shirt yeah. musical needs yes <laughs> Kaya's here. Oh my god, yes. I'm all about the nostalgia porn. So yeah, yeah bring it on. I just want to hear some like eh, like riffs and amazing story. So yeah. I saw Lost Boys go. at the Hollywood Forever oh, Center this week yeah. and I was there. Same. And just the vibe of the audience yeah. when like someone like the sax, the sweaty sax man came oh, yeah. on. I was like, here we are, society. And we're back, we're back in that. <laughs> yeah, it never, was so good. It's right. so good to feel that again. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because the 80s were a great time, people. Yep. We were innocent. We were young. <laughs> we were vibrant. We believed in the world. We weren't so bitter. Yeah, forget, yeah. forget about Thatcher and all, stuff like that. All, all, all just, you yeah. 2018 people, you don't know the 80s. <laughs> yeah, we had nuclear war, but we put it together, man. We bring back shoulder pads. Let's do this. Yeah, yes. Ghostbusters, we had it all. Yeah. <laughs> Sound like Jerry Seinfeld. No, the synthesizer music would be great, too. Some of that, that, uh, that the stuff that's come back now, that retro new wave uh, uh, synth music that we heard in Drive and other soundtracks. I'd love to have some of that kind of slide in there at night. All the cars oh, yeah. driving around, you can. All yeah. the cars, like you've got all the radio off. Exactly. You've got the sound of them transforming. And their muscle like, cars. So you can, so you can do They're, that playing around with that as well. It seems like we've got this kind of like like glow is set in the 80s. Yeah. Um, we've got like this is set in the 80s as well. Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. 80s. Yep. So this is like the perfect thing. I want to, I don't even want to go like cool synth. I think like go like Bill and Ted-esque like early, late 80s, early 90s. Right. Like go for like hair metal. Let's yeah. do this. Oh yeah, of course. I want to hear some sure. Kenny Loggins, man. I want to hear some like <laughs> some Huey yeah. Lewis in the news. I want some of that we'll in my see. movie. We'll <laughs> There's always time for Loggins in my life. More of a character. <laughs> we'll so see. good. Well, uh, speaking of uh, going back to being a kid, Shazam uh, revealed a first official photo of Zachary Levi uh, in the costume. Uh, I, it lo- I thought initially he was getting beer for the kid, but no, it looks like they're just <laughs> they're just having a nice because that happened in the eighties as well. You found that person who was over eighteen or twenty one to get you the beer when you were a teenager. So and then you sit outside and drank it. So uh, but here we see the orphaned fifteen year old Billy, oh, fourteen year old Billy Batson. He is you know is Zachary Levi, who many people know from numerous things. I got to meet him uh, a few years ago uh, for Nerd HQ. Great guy. Couldn't have. Th- picked a better Shazam in my opinion and he's standing there uh, with uh, Freddie Freeman who people remember as the hypochondriac kid Eddie in It and um, uh, uh, the director uh, uh, talked about uh, David Sandberg he talked about what elements he's bringing into the character he said I wanted to keep the shorter cape as a throwback to the original because that's something that sets him apart from Superman or Batman it makes him feel a bit more golden age superhero that's important which is the vibe I'm going for but he will also have the hood from New 52 once again Aquaman also New 52 this having a New 52 vibe uh, and the lightning bolt that can appear across his chest. Can appear! I love this said it can appear. That means it won't always be there. Something else might be there. And then the gold gauntlets from one of Shazam's animated movie appearances. So this is a great combo. Me, 
Shazam is one of my favorite characters that no one talks about. And when I ran a Tough Mudder three or four years ago wearing a Shazam shirt, every time I ran with the cape and the bandana with the thing, people were like, hey, that's a great Flash outfit. And I was screaming at everybody as I ran by, Flash doesn't wear a cape! But like, that's how little brand recognition Shazam has. So this is an interesting choice to go this route. When you see these pictures and you see him in the suit a little bit, does this excite you or does this worry you for the film, Claire? I'm excited by yeah. this one, actually. Like, I'm really excited. I'm excited by everything we're talking about today, but yeah. I love that picture of them drinking. It's got this kind of big vibe, yes. uh, which I really, really like. And I actually, just before we came on to record, I saw some leaked footage as well on oh. Instagram. It's seemingly, there's a few sources, but it says it's from the Odessa Film Festival, okay. and it's dubbed over, and you only see flashes of what he's doing like you know facing off uh with uh, dr van and stuff like that but it's it looks good it looks fun yeah that's what i want you know because the dc universe looks it's kind of dark and it's heavy and although aquaman's a bit more gallus as you say um (laughs) he's it's still a darker universe this looks fun to me and Mm -hmm. i think it's going to endear kids uh, coming in who didn't read the new 52 series. I, right. like the, I love the new 52 characters. I thought that was really great when they, when they rebooted everything. Mm-hmm. But I am excited because I think it looks fun. Yeah. And, so. and you know, James Wan said that he, Aquaman is going to be more fun. There's still darkness. He said there's still like, some horror elements, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. But he's still going to keep it fun. Yeah. And this is the move, right? Wonder Woman, in a lot of places, was fun, yeah. even though they were dealing with some really dark themes. It was still a fun movie overall. Coy, when you see all this stuff with Shazam, are you excited? I, one, love the idea that you thought he was playing Hey Mister. I like it. But two, <laughs> I love that the amount of uh, notice he put in his quote about the costume. Yes. Uh, that shows that he's invested in all the different iterations of Shazam. Mm-hmm. That shows that he read and encompassed all that in into this movie yeah. like he gathered a lot of information so we're gonna get a Shazam that represents all of these different Shazams yeah. and I also love the idea that like all the problems people have the costume is addressed in one quote like yeah. there's the bolt there's the cuffs there's the and the hood we get to see I didn't expect that yeah, so did all of that coming in one quote means hey DC we read the internet hey we're DC we're reading the comics hey we want to make this universe fun and approachable and I think these movies need to be for kids and adults mm-hmm. I think that it's really important that you make these movies really accessible because one of my favorite I've said it before on the show. One of my favorite things about Civil War was the moment an hour and seven minutes or so in when you first meet Spider-Man. Yeah. Every kid got to see Spider-Man yeah. happen. You got to see, you meet Peter Parker with the DVD under his, under his arm and just walking into that house, the music came on and it's like the, the current generation sound and you just got to like, every 12 to 15 year old had a hero. Mm-hmm. And this can be that. This this is a, Billy Batson's a child and so many kids are going to get to have a hero again and that's what Superman is, that's what DC is, that's what this can be. So this image, everyone was upset that the first image we saw was like a quasi ad. This is your first official image and it is big. It is a child becoming a hero. It's so important and I really, really want DC to go like we're making superheroes for everyone because that's what DC's represented for me. Yeah, and you you make a reference to Big Claire. This is an 80s film as well. So this idea of the 80s vibe is is really permeating a lot of the nerd culture right now currently. So this is an exciting step for me to finally see I mean, I remember watching the 70s TV show when the kid would, with the weird wizard and everything and Jumman Huntsu shout out to him he's being the wizard in this as well <laughs> Jumman Huntsu is in everything I saw him in my home movies last night it's insane <laughs> this guy is phenomenal and so it's great to see that he's going to get uh, some stuff uh, to do more and more but this Zachary Levi I, I, you know, I did a piece on this when he dropped as Shazam and I'm looking forward to seeing it and there's a real possibility Aquaman launches Wonder Woman 84, Shazam, all next year could be these DC movies that we talk about, which people have been clamoring to want to do in a positive way for so long. So this could be the turn, and I, I hope so, because we, we want to love these movies, I know, uh, overall. All right, let's move on to Duncan Jones. He of Warcraft fame, he of Moon fame, he of Mute fame. Uh, he tweeted, uh, quote, a little nervous about this, but hell, nervous is where the fun is, exclamation point. I'm going to be making a comic book movie next, a pretty special one. That's the initial tease. Second tease to come in a few days. Well, it's been a few days. I haven't heard anything, so we'll see what happens if he's going to drop it. But a lot of people speculated a comic book movie. What kind of comic book movie? Then then rumors circulated it's not going to be a a DC or a Marvel movie, something out of the room. So, yeah, Claire, please. I I know what it is. Oh, Claire, please. Because I got the breaking news an hour ago. Oh, nice. Rogue Trooper, 2008. He's what, what? Rogue Trooper. Wow. So he did actually say, he oh, said something about, you know, people were going, oh, could it be one of the big two? 
DC, right. Marvel, because there's so many things happening there. And he's an interesting director, you know. And Moon's one of my favourite sci-fis. But yes. um, he has come out and said, you know, they're great for fans, and he hasn't dissed them. But, you know, where's 2000 AD? Where's all that? Dread, 2012's Dread... Mm-hmm. I thought was absolutely incredible. It's a classic. That film. it's incredible superhero, and it's film. found oh its market God. now. I yep. think that people finally respect Dread. That movie is so good. It just took time for people to discover it. Yes, yeah. yes, it's so so great. So I think when 2080's universe is done well, mm-hmm. and we get a director that's willing to just go that extra mile, because it's Road Tripper, the character is like you know fighting a GI super soldier guy mm-hmm. um, on New Earth. Um, there's a war between the North and the Southers. This is all really an interesting uh, little universe that they can build up and Duncan Jones can just get right in there and play with. Yeah, and there's super soldier stuff involved in this as well with Rogue Trooper, so that's something to play around with as well. Absolutely. Right? I'm so excited. Like a different Captain America, yeah. Absolutely. So when I saw that um, pressure come through, and oh, how fortuitous that we're about about to talk about that right now. But I really want to see more 2000 AD stuff, actually. Um, If you haven't read Rogue Trooper, the artwork, the writing is absolutely Mm -hmm. incredible. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. And Dave Dave Gibbons uh, did Rogue Trooper, who has done Watchmen. So, mm-hmm. like, there's a, a real pedigree here involved in this. And Duncan Jones, which, I mean, I didn't... Uh, what was the last one he did? That The, the one that was on Warcraft? Netflix? That, well, yeah, Warcraft. Oh, then he did one recently that just dropped, like, a month ago. Yeah, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. And, you know, you've got the David Bowie lineage there, so with Duncan, so... But Moon was incredible. Yeah. And so, to, mm-hmm. you want to see something that brings him back to that. Maybe exploring something like this is incredible. What did you think when you heard this? I uh, just found out through you at this moment. <laughs> right. uh, so, my initial thoughts. Uh, I really love the description. I don't know this comic. So, mm-hmm. I really love what you're describing. I love the idea that he gets an IP almost. Like, it's not, it's not an original property, but he gets something that isn't uh, DC or Marvel so he can make it his own. He gets something that isn't steeped in pop culture mythology so yeah. everybody's going to be like judging it. Like you look at a Shazam image even though he's an underappreciated character there's still 100 people yelling. This yeah. is something that maybe 5 people be yelling. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for him to get to create his own universe with this yes. and I love his films. I think Source Code's underappreciated. Yes. Moon is fantastic. Source Code is great. Uh, and I also love just for Duncan Jones himself I love that he made his Twitter man-made moon like he was never going to make another movie. Uh, <laughs> like I love like, like Dorian's Parks and Rec. I love that the people that like brand themselves into a property like yeah. there's something really endearing about like I love this thing so Duncan Jones has always felt like a fanboy in even down to his Twitter everything about oh, yeah. him has always felt like he should be doing comic films mm-hmm. he's a, a, a lover of sci-fi he's someone invested in this world so him doing a comic property especially one that's not so well known I think it's due and I think it also ties into our glass thing where it's yeah. time for more properties to be not necessarily the big two but make more comic properties yeah. because it's culturally appropriate right now to keep making the stuff because yeah. the thing is like we will all love superheroes, obviously, heroes. Why we're on heroes, but I guess at the same time, you know, we, I want other people that don't really like superheroes yeah. to come in and go, oh, actually, that's just a great character film. That's just a great sci fi. You know, when I went to go see Deadpool with my husband, he was like, this is just a great comedy. Yeah. You know, and it was just a really, really well written film. I think if, and this is why Dread worked, it was contained. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you weren't seeing, we we're aware that there are mutations and there's other things out there and there's a whole other world. Mm-hmm. All we were in, was in that block and that was it and yeah. that's why it worked and I think if he can do something like that where it's just contained within a small area and it's this character with Rogue that, which is Rogue Trooper but I think it could really work and I want it to be super violent and really 2000 AD yeah and like you look at something like Road to Perdition which is a comic movie mm-hmm. it's not a comic movie but it's a comic movie and yeah. I feel like if we keep doing things like that then we don't have the bubble bursting we have yeah. right. this world continue to explore we can have your four giant tent poles but you can also have your four smaller movies yeah. like Logan did didn't overwhelm the box office, but it was very comic-y, but also not. Road to Perdition, even less. A lot of people don't even know it's based on a comic. Right. This will probably be more Road to Perdition side, where it's like, oh, Duncan Jones made a really cool sci-fi adventure movie. Right. And that, that I'm great. All about it. Yeah, and he's talked about Source Code and Moon being in the same universe. Yeah. Who knows if... Rogue Trooper could be in the same universe. It's certainly, it can still be on its own, but make little illusions. You never know. So it's, it's, it'd be fun to play with. Uh, well, something that I'm excited about, uh, Rob Liefeld, uh, Profit is coming. As an Image Comics guy from the beginning, <laughs> to hear this news, I literally was in my desk and I saw this come across and went, huh? 
like this. I literally shot up out of my chair a little bit because Prophet was so great and so fun to follow. And these characters that spun off from other comics that were started out through Image, it was so fun to see this. So to hear that Studio 8 has acquired the rights to Liefeld's uh, uh, John Prophet, a DNA-enhanced super soldier placed into a cryogenic freeze for a future mission only to awaken at the wrong time, our time, searching for a mission that does not exist. He's a berserker. There's so much involved with John Prophet that's badass. You think that's my... You take that smirk and, and put an evil face on it, then you got John Prophet. <laughs> He's just as swaggering. So this is incredible. It came out of young blood, and so Liefeld, this is like Liefeld's magic time right yeah. now with all the stuff he's doing. You're a massive Liefeld fan. <laughs> you got to talk to him, him and his flip-flops. Tell me, tell me. I mean, that's, that's, that's the essence having F you money is showing up in flip-flops for interviews. That's incredible. So, uh, Coy, what do, you, what do you think when you hear this about uh, John Prophet? Well, I just found out Roka is an image guy, so we're going to talk oh, after, because man, oh man, uh, the 90s were a glorious time in they comics really were. that don't get, they got like smeared instead of loved, yeah. and now they're getting loved. Yeah. You got your 82 variant covers, and I got them all. Uh, I really I like muscles, and there's nothing wrong with there that. There are pouches, muscles, and no ankles, and that's fine. Uh, I loved this comic, and I loved how just flagrantly 90s it was. Yeah. I love that Rob Liefeld's got his extreme comics moving forward. I love that Studio 8's picking up this. I yep. think that we're going to see a, as a, as a kid vicariously of the 80s. I was only born in 88. My parents were young, so I got to still experience like Predator and Commando right. and the Arnold era. I think that's what's next. Yeah. I think right now we're living in the 80s age. I think in five years, everything's going to feel late 80s, early 90s, just like, this is extreme. And I think that's a really cool thing because we're evolving through the comic lore. We're evolving into a time where Image Comics is the progression. We've had our mm-hmm. we've had our 60s with the Sam Raimi, uh, Spider-Man, and X-Men. We yeah. had our 70s with the John Romita stuff, with our next wave of Spider-Man, with your Andrew Garfield meets your uh, you know uh, X-Men first class. Mm-hmm. And now we're entering the 90s, we're getting our Todd McFarlane. We got Venom behind you. We're getting our Image Comics. We got Profit happening. We're seeing Wizard, basically. Wizard magazines are yep. happening at the movie store. In live. And, it's, it's yep. all, and we get to experience it. So mm-hmm. when Profit was announced, especially at that big of a sale, congratulations, Rob. You deserve all of this, dude. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that really felt like the final, like, it's the 90s again in comics. It's time to dive in. And this is the perfect character to introduce the mainstream to what this weirdness is. So I, this is Spider-Man for Weird Extreme. Like, right. This is, this is the main thing. And it came out of young blood yeah we're getting young blood characters my god if we do young blood stormwatch savage dragon come bring it come bring all of it and he's a super soldier so america's death blow that like uh, the culture knows super soldiers so it won't feel so alien like we're we're in that so I think that, that I was just thinking about that. I'm like, okay, right, what do I say next? Uh, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, But yeah, like, I I think that whole 80s thing and that that kind of like throwbacks Mm. come back, loving it because it's everyone that's our age, 30s, 40s, early 50s, who grew up really remembering that that time. Mm. And it is kind of weird because we have this dichotomy of kind of like, you know, we have like a lot of female directors, super female superheroes, and very interesting character size. But then, yeah, we have like these big characters coming because the 80s was big. Yeah, <laughs> it was colorful. Larger than life. Yeah, it was huge. I'm less um, knowledgeable about profit, but I love Image Comics, mm-hmm. and I think it's a natural progression. When we talk about 2000 AD, so we've got the big two, but now we need to start looking everywhere else. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, Dark Horse, 2000 AD. There's Image. So I am. Very excited to see where this goes. I think Rob Liefeld's great. So, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm not going to say any more because these guys have said it all. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Also, the production company picking it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a, there, there will be White Boy Ricky coming yeah. out White soon. White Boy Rick, yeah. The White Boy Rick, thank same, you. Same guys. It's, mm-hmm. it's a production company that makes really important and Oscar films. Yep. So the dichotomy of a character from Image Comics from that studio means they're going to invest good writers. They're going to mm-hmm. invest the right money. They're going to get a good team behind it. Yep. It's not just going to be a straight-to-Walmart situation. So I'm really excited in the investment just from the, the billing. Yeah. And it's a creator-driven studio, so they mm-hmm. really want to focus on honoring the creations and honoring the filmmakers' visions for these films. So mm-hmm. it will be exciting to see what scale we get John Prophet and how far out the world builds out from this first movie. So mm-hmm. if it happens, which I want it to happen, but if it happens. So uh, let's move on to something that is happening. That's Why the Last Man. They have announced their cast. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra's uh, Why the Last Man. Uh, Barry uh, uh, Keoghan will be playing Yorick. You, you remember him from uh, Dunkirk? There's about five million people 
people in Dunkirk, but he's one of those people in there, uh, probably standing next to Harry Styles. Uh, he was also Creepy Martin in The Killing of the Sacred Deer. Diane Lannis, Diane Lane has found herself into another superhero film. She's playing Yorick's mother. Uh, Imogene Poots is playing Yorick's sister. Imogene Poots is one of my favorite actresses. If you don't know her work, you need to find her work and enjoy it. Lashana Lynch is coming in as 355. Juliana Canfield will play Beth. And finally, Marin Ireland has been cast as Nora. Uh, but the big character that missing, that's missing is Dr. Allison Mann. We haven't got a cast for uh, that. So Michael Green and Ada Mashka uh, Kroll will serve as showrunners and executive producers. So Claire, you see you being... Uh, we took profit. Please, Please take the why the last man. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm so excited. I love why the last man. And if you haven't read why the last man, mm. you need to stop everything and just go read this series. Yeah. When I read it, I, it was unbelievable. It's so, so great. Um, I'm interested about the casting of York Brown. Yeah. Because um, I've seen, I didn't see Dunkirk, but The Killing of a Sacred Deer is a weird film. Right. He plays a very strange character. And York Brown, um, you know, through, throughout the comic, is, is, there's a bit of levity. There's, he's a bit right. humorous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit more quick. So I think it could be a good challenge for him to play this character. But I can't wait. I am so excited. I saw, I think it might still be on YouTube, but there was a fan trailer that somebody made a oh. number of years ago. Wow. And it, it was like, I'm telling you, I was like, this has to get made right now. It was so <laughs> great. This whole story is brilliant. I'm interested to see who is going to play Dr. Man because she is pivotal. Mm-hmm. Um, Agent 355, Dr. Man, and Yorick are like the pivotal characters. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we've got a little ampersand. Will he be a little CGI monkey? <laughs> are they going to have a real monkey? I'm just excited. <laughs> I read this, I was like, yes, my last man, yes. So um, all the things we're talking about today, yes, and please go read that comic. Yeah, I got it as a birthday present uh, so from Dan Panoshin, who's a friend of the show, and me and him are friends, and he was like, Roka, this is your kind of comic. I think you'd enjoy this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And I'd never heard anything about it and read it. It was incredible because he'd given me 100 bullets the year before. Oh, and I got into 100 bullets run. because of him. And so why the last one? I was like, yes, anything you want me to read. And so <laughs> just great stuff. So, Corey, what do you think when you hear all this? I want Guy Ritchie to 100 bullets, first of all. <laughs> uh, but Brian K. Vaughn, it's also his time yes. after Runaway Success. And yep. like the, the saga's going to get made. I, I hope it gets made right. But <gasps> right, you know what saga, I mean? Like right. that's, that's moving-ish. Mm-hmm. But now, why the last man is the one that's been the longest gestating, I feel mm-hmm. like. Like, this has been like 10 years in the making. Yeah. I always, I'm always, i interested in the casting, too, because that actor, he usually appears in very dark, resolute, uh, almost like in-on-himself roles. Mm-hmm. And I always pictured uh, Yorick is more of a Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, yeah, yeah. type, more, mm-hmm. of a, more of a nerd swagger, yeah. uh, more of a 500 Days of Summer. Gallus. Gallus again? Yeah, um, <laughs> But nerd Gallus. Yeah. Um, so Yorick, that, that is the vibe I get from him, but I'm really curious because I trust casting when the rest of the casting is this good. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, they must have cast him for a reason and he's a good actor separate of type like nice. I just don't know um, and I, I think they're going to announce uh, Doctor at, at, uh, good at Comic Con good call at Comic Con because yep. you have all of your major pieces yep. except one you have Comic Con around the corner hype 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 build up Comic Con yeah. I think that's what's coming is there anyone in your mind for Dr. Allison Mann? No, no, really? no. I don't actually have okay, anyone in my okay. mind. And I'm really rubbish at predicting stuff like that. <laughs> every time I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe that. And it's someone else. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm just <laughs> so I'm just going to let the news right. come. But I'm, I think Brian, I mean, Brian K. Bond is like one of my like favorite writers. Mm-hmm. Saga, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. If they could get like that kind of space opera. Can you imagine? Like, oh, yeah. oh, my God. And did he not do, uh, Brian K. Bond does Low as well, I think he okay. does Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just like... Incredible. So, yeah, please, and try and watch this YouTube trailer if it's uh, okay. still the fan trailer. It's really, really great. Oh, it just came across the wire. Uh, Jaman Hansu was playing Dr. Allison. Yeah. <laughs> incredible. Love him. It's, just, it's just incredible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> such a Who knew from uh, model to chameleon? Incredible. All right. Well, let's move on to some Twitter questions from you guys. We are running out of time here, so let's get to them uh, real quick. Really appreciate you all sending these Twitter questions. Pick them out over the weekend. Hopefully, uh, you'll get yours picked out. Philip H. at King X Loss. He asks, my question is, who do you think will be the next big bad guy after Thanos is done in the MCU? Get well soon, Snap. Uh, get well soon, Snap. Hashtag Collider Heroes. Um, Galactus is what I keep hearing, but what are some of you all's thoughts? What would you want to see? Well, I would want to see Galactus. Yes. Because I think if that's done well, it could be really epic. But perhaps the Beyonder? Oh, the Beyonder would be great. Because of like, maybe Secret Wars? Yeah. Thing? 
maybe for the next bit. Claire has her finger on the pulse. You know what? Because <laughs> everybody knows they get their information quicker in the UK than mm-hmm. we were. Like, ours is eight hours later. We'll get the information after this. It's, it's, it's time's gone. Yeah, Except it's we didn't get Ant-Man at the right time. That's so right. what the hell? Right. We were stuck in, like, the quantum universe or something there. So, yeah, like... Because um, it wasn't coming home, that's why. Oh, no. So, Beyonder, maybe, I think could be a really good one. Yeah. That's all I'm saying, Coy. I uh, <laughs> have a certain fan cast for Beyonder that I think ties into all the hype lately, and I think a jerry-curled Mark Hamill who has been meeting with James Gunn often uh, would be uh, very uh, interesting because be. Mark Hamill can do the Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. Benicio Del Toro, full boogie-woogie, and with some jerry-curls, yeah. With the collar uh, pops? Just the all whole white yeah. suit, just yeah. like with the Michael Jackson flair. And the 80s vibe. <laughs> so there, totally it's everything. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I personally think, if not Galactus, if not the Beyonder, I'd love me some Kang. Oh uh, yeah, Kang the Conqueror is due. Mm-hmm. You want someone that has the 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 importance of Thanos. You want someone that like ties the universe together. A time traveler that right. thinks he's doing everything right. You want mm-hmm. someone like the Netflix world where like the Kingpin is just as right in his mind as Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Kang thinks he's doing stuff for the better good yeah. overall. If he's written well, I think Kang would be a really good villain if he's going to be an entire phase villain. Mm-hmm. It has to be. It has to be multiple movies to set up something that nuanced. Agreed. So I'd like to see Kang Phase Four. Okay. All right, good. And that could bring us Fantastic Four and X Men. That good. <laughs> Call if the merger happens. All right, uh, Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan Spiroff, uh, at John O23, he asks, uh, at hashtag Collider here is, what do you think the chances are of Venom joining the MCU if the movie performs well? Would Feige integrate the movie in if it's executed well? Uh, you have a Spider-Man shirt on. You take this one. Uh, what do you think, Hoyt? I think the best way that will never happen is uh, <laughs> to have the Venom symbiote introduced at the opening of the film as dripping down from the church, and all of the opening of the movie involves newspapers but never fully seen, and then retroactively after Spider-Man mm-hmm. 4, he is a journalist. Spider-Man is a photographer. Peter Parker is dealing with that. Spider-Man 5 is the Black Spider-Man saga. Spider-Man 5 ends at the church, and retroactively the Venom movie takes place after Spider-Man 5, You've earned your Peter Parker in the dark suit. You've earned your connection. And Kevin Feige then has the chance to decide if he wants this to happen by having a five-year span. And then Tom Holland's old enough to fight Tom Hardy, and Tom Hardy's going to age slower. And Venom can then retroactively make sense to have the spider in the suit, and CGI is such that it allows both to exist in the same universe. You're right. It's never going to happen. It's never going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, right? I'm just like, oh my God, you may, I think you've thought about it. I maybe have dreamt for years about what I would course yeah. three hours a night. He's got I mean, a lot of time to fill with his brain. You know, he's got a lot of time to fill. Well, uh, but let's get back to reality, Coy. Let's <laughs> slap you down back to reality. Um, I would quite like that, but I'm, I actually do want Venom to just exist on its own, its own mm. little thing. As much as it is integrated in that universe, um, Joe Russo has come out and said that you know, uh, that's Infinity War co-director Joe Russo. He said, no, it's not going to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, merger or not, there's no other murmurings about it. I just think they're going, this is the Venom movie. This is what it is. A lot of those characters are still staying with Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the agreement was that they share Peter Parker. Yeah. You know, so I think we need to kind of like not get too excited and just go, <laughs> Venom is what it is and let's celebrate it and enjoy it and yes. support all of the other characters and their own little vibes, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, so I, 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 I will always dream. Sorry. Yeah, well, and you should, and you should dream. Uh, I, but my thing is, I, I think uh, it isn't a Kevin Feige cast Venom, mm-hmm. and I think he, there's no way he's going to bring a, a, a character he did not cast, or an actor he didn't cast as this character. And also, their universe is not the MCU universe necessarily, so he may not integrate chemistry-wise into the MCU mm-hmm. as effectively. You could probably have the only way. The only way it can make it work is if maybe they take a snippet of like this vibe of this. Venom, uh, Tom Holland, supposedly, a universe, and slide it in as a scene, mm. but no way I see Tom Hardy interacting with the Avengers or anything like right. that. I think it would just be just something basic there in that way, if there's any way Venom crosses over, but I really doubt it. Because with Spider-Man, he obviously, Feige had a lot of interaction and input for that situation. I don't think that's happening here. Alright, let's move on quickly. Michael Moyo, at Michael Moyo 1, hashtag Collider Heroes. Disney just moved Mary Poppins by a few days. It's M-A-R-Y, my friend. By a few days, so I think this strategy will likely affect hashtag Aquaman's box office, and by how much will that impact on it? My take, 
Not much. I don't. The, the Mary Poppins crowd isn't necessarily going to the Aquaman crowd, and I think it all depend on reviews for both of these movies. How it would affect their box office? I think that's going to matter more than moving things around, uh, in my opinion. Um, and do people still watch Mary Poppins? Like it's from way back when. Is the like our kids or teenagers? Do they do they grow up on Mary Poppins? I don't know. It's a sixty year old movie. Um, Claire, what do you think about this? I quite like the way they spelled Mary Poppins. Yeah, right. it, it feels like a greeting, Mary Poppins. <laughs> I'm going to need Mary Poppins off this year. I need Mary Poppins <laughs> off. <laughs> <that day. laughs> um, no, I don't think it's going to affect them. I think both movies have very different demographics, yeah. like you said. So, you know, I, I will be going to see Ackerman. I won't be doing the whole Mary Poppins thing, uh, you know, just because I don't sort of cross over into that sort of vibe. But I just don't think it will affect anything. So that's my short answer. Okay. Anything else to say? Cool. I think uh, Michael Rooker and James Gunn would disagree that Mary Poppins <laughs> is very important to the comic <laughs> crowd. Fair enough. Yes. Yes. Fair enough. Think, Good uh, answer, Coy. I think that it moving helps both movies. I think that it moving mm-hmm. allows for kids want to see Aquaman, kids want to see Mary Poppins, families go to the movies around Christmas. Right. So I think it moving at least gives families a time to breathe a couple days in between and yondu forever. Yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> agree. May have been, what did he say? He may have been your, but he wasn't your daddy. He may have yeah, been your father, been father, but he wasn't, but wasn't your, your daddy. daddy son. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the last question before we get, oh, Jacob Noble at, oh, God, Jacob, N-O-8-3-3-7-3-4-2-3. Thanks for giving me your phone number. Hey, hashtag Collider Heroes, do you think Jeff Johns is going to adapt his run on Green Lantern as source material for the movie or write an original story? P.S. In Sinestro Corps, War, Arkilo and Kilowog crash uh, San Diego Comic-Con during a fight. If this happened on screen, a cameo from you guys would be fun. Absolutely. Um... All I can tell you is blackest night. That's all I can tell you. That is my, put it in my heart, that's my thing. I love that. If Jeff Johns did Blackest Night with all the four uh, Earth Green Lanterns and everything else going on with Necron, that would be incredible. Uh, uh, Coy, what do you think when you hear this? I hear we're getting Lethal Weapon in Space, okay. and I think that is the best choice because we haven't had a buddy cop movie yet. We've yeah. hinted at it with Cap and Bucky. Oh, We've call. hinted at it with Cap and War, Ma- mm-hmm. or War Machine and Tony. Iron Man 3 was the closest. I think Green Lantern has the opportunity to do that, and I think Jeff Johns writes that way. Mm-hmm. I think Jeff John's Green Lantern has the opportunity to do that. I think it'll be much like Civil War in that it's adapted, but not directly. I right. think he'll pull from his material, but I don't think it'll be a linear path. One, because if you go Jeff John's Green Lantern, you don't want to just read it and be like, now it's the... Like, yeah. You want to experience yeah. something new. So I think Jeff John's will focus on his work, mm-hmm. but I think it'll be much like Civil War in that it does this with it. Okay, Claire? Mm, I agree with you. Like I, quite like to, I just think Black is Night. Yeah. I'm all about that. That's all I'm going to say, because yes, Black is Night, Black is Night. Um, because I think it'd be really, really fun and really, really amazing to see on screen. So, yeah. yeah, and maybe by the time Wonder Woman comes out and Aquaman comes mm-hmm. out and Shazam mm-hmm. comes out, people are like, okay, let's bring these people back into the, each other's mm-hmm. movies yes. and maybe by Blackest Night because it does cover a lot of Justice League stuff involved in this. It could have that Marshall Manhunter. There's all kinds of stuff that could happen that you could play with Jeff Johns and that's the guy to, to put it together because he really writes a great story when he finds it. So, yes. all right, well, that's our Twitter questions. Thanks everybody for watching Heroes today once again. Giving a big shout out to the man, uh, John Schnepp, the guy, the reason we do this show, John Schnepp. Uh, I hope uh, you, you, all of you who are watching, I hope you find a moment, send a prayer, send a thought, send something really positive to his family and to John for a speedy recovery. We're all praying for him here. Um, and, uh, uh, Koi, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Koi Jandro, C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U. And so much love to John. Yeah. Uh, and You've yeah. been down there. You've, you've, won, you've gone to visit. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. So yeah. it. Uh, thank you, everyone, on Twitter and Instagram. You guys have been amazing. Yeah, Claire. Uh, just before I do the Twitter and Instagram thing, love to John and Holly. They are the whole reason why I love LA and why I'm even here on this show. So yeah. love you so, so much. They're really great friends of ours. So you can find me on the Twitterverse as We Claire because I'm small and I'm Scottish. <laughs> yes. Um, and She's you, Scottish, yes. And I'm small. And you can find me on Instagram as We Claire here because I'm small and Scottish and I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say first, Claire, thank you so much for being on the show. I know, you know, there was everything that was going on, you know, so I, I appreciate appreciate you still willing to come on the show and be on the show in honor of John. And uh, uh, I will be, you can find me messing up geography at the Roca says, not knowing what country is what country, uh, there on Twitter and on Instagram. But uh, once again, if you want to donate, Cody, I don't know if we can bring that up there. If you want to help with the medical bills, you do that Venmo, PayPal, and GoFundMe. And uh, there for John Schnepp. So once again, we're pulling for you. We're with you, John. And uh, everyone, take a moment to send him something really positive. And we'll talk to you on Wednesday with a new episode of Heroes. Stay sweaty for the big man.
It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.